Hello, and welcome back to the final hour of the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. I am Jake Heller filling in for the one and only Rob O'Donnell. So many things to talk about during the final hour of this show as week 15 in the National Football League will kick off tonight on Amazon Prime between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers exclusively on Amazon Prime Video. Now, as we talk about the Chargers and the Raiders in this game tonight on Amazon Prime, 815, of course, with the kickoff, so many things to uncover, so many injuries when you think of this game, and it starts with none other than Justin Herbert, the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers since 2020. He, unfortunately, this past Sunday against the Denver Broncos, injured his finger, had surgery done on it, and he is now out for the season, which, in all reality, is a smart move, in my opinion, considering the Chargers are 5-8, and eight, and without a doubt, one of the biggest disappointments in the National Football League this year, if not the biggest disappointment. But it's not just Justin Herbert that the Los Angeles Chargers are going to be without. No Keenan Allen either. I know that is a huge blow for them offensively, as Easton Stick will make his first career start tonight for the Los Angeles Chargers. And it doesn't even stop there, folks. When you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs, their running back, he is out tonight with a quad injury. Devontae Adams, questionable with an illness. Max Crosby, Max Crosby, of course, battling with some issues as well. But I think the, the other thing that sort of stands out with this game and with the Raiders, with the Chargers, both of them being 5-8 and eight, and both of them, like I was saying, just disappointing, as you could say this year. Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers since the 2021 season. Me personally, I will be surprised if he's still the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers by the time the weekend is over. We've already seen it happen this year with Josh McDaniels, how Mark Davis and the Raiders, they fired Josh on Halloween after that loss to the Detroit Lions. And like we talked about, as far as question marks go, Antonio Pierce, his first two games as <clears throat> excuse me, his first two games as interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. They beat the New York Giants that Antonio Pierce won that Super Bowl with, Super Bowl 42 against the New England Patriots. They beat the New York Jets. Very, very close loss to the Miami Dolphins. Had a 14-0 lead against the Kansas City Chiefs and squandered that. And then to lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Vikings this past Sunday. If I'm the Raiders, and if I'm Mark Davis specifically, do not, and I mean do not make the same mistake that you made in 2021. We all know back in 2021 with the John Gruden email scandal, Henry Ruggs driving under the influence, the arrests of Damon Arnett, Nate Hobbs. You saw how Rich Passaccia, their interim head coach, how Rich kept that team together amidst so much turmoil. And for them to go 10-7, and seven, to get a wild card spot, to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals in somewhat controversial fashion. There were a few questionable calls in that game. Rich Passaccia hand-wrote notes to every single player on the Raiders that night in his hotel in Cincinnati after they lost. And yet Mark Davis went with a bigger name and Josh McDaniels. You've seen quite a difference in the culture in that Raiders locker room under Antonio Pierce. You have seen Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, you've Max Crosby, you've seen these guys that couldn't stand to play for Josh McDaniels. They love Antonio Pierce. And I just hope that Mark Davis will not make that same mistake going forward in 2024. 
Now, when it comes to the Raiders themselves, when it comes to their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, who they drafted in the fourth round this year out of Purdue, Aiden has shown some glimpses of promise, some glimpses of potential, but it still remains to be seen on whether or not he truly is the franchise quarterback moving forward for the Las Vegas Raiders. And personally, talking to one of my best friends, Kyle Williams, big-time Raiders fan, with the Raiders right now, if the season ended today, having the sixth pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, Kyle, just like so many other Raiders fans, they would love to see possibly Jaden Daniels from LSU, our Heisman Trophy winner this past Saturday, see what he could do with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's definitely an interesting topic for discussion as we move forward in the offseason. Obviously, as I talked about with this game, when you have Justin Herbert done for the season, when you have Keenan Allen not, not going to be active tonight, for obvious reasons, I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders just solely because I've seen more on tape of Aiden O'Connell than I have of Easton Stick. And when we talk about Amazon Prime, who has been the voice, the play-by-play guy for Amazon Prime the past two years? None other than the legend himself, Al Michaels. And Al, it's amazing how long he has been a play-by-play guy. When you think of nearly three decades with ABC Sports, do you believe in miracles? We all remember that. We all remember the earthquake in San Francisco with the 1989 World Series. We all remember, obviously, so many Super Bowls that Al Michaels has called over the years and that incredible duo, himself and John Madden. And at the end of the 2021 season, after Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, where the Rams beat the Bengals 23-20, to there were a lot of question marks about Al Michaels and his future with NBC Sports, and the two of them sort of went their separate ways after that Super Bowl, Mike Tirico becoming the play-by-play guy for Sunday Night Football. But last year, when the NFL playoffs began, we saw how Al Michaels was sort of brought back by NBC for the wildcard game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars, sort of an emeritus role, I guess you could say. That's how NBC Sports coined it well the one thing that stands out with that game obviously the 28 nothing lead that the Los Angeles Chargers blew to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the very end of the game when Jacksonville kicked that game-winning field goal you sort of heard the lack of enthusiasm I guess you could say in Al Michaels voice where he was just here it is for the win here it is for the win oh and there was a flag on the field nevertheless even at 79 Al is still a legend. Has he sort of lost that fastball as the old saying goes? Sure. But it definitely, I guess you could say, somewhat caught me by surprise earlier this week when the report came out that Al Michaels will not be calling a playoff game for NBC Sports later this year. Now, there's an article here on Yahoo Sports, and it says that NBC is reportedly parting ways with legendary broadcaster Al Michaels ahead of the NFL playoffs. The 79-year-old was unaware that his role was in jeopardy last month. Andrew Mercon of the New York, Post, New York Post reported on Tuesday. Michaels reportedly said that he believed he was still going to call a postseason contest on NBC, but did not know who else would be working. It's in my deal, he said when Marcon mentioned NBC's uncertainty in November. Where are you hearing that from? That's part of my deal. Are you hearing that from someone that I'm not hearing? And you've heard some of these calls with Al Michaels. Obviously, 
the Thursday night games on Prime Video, on Amazon, they're not as appealing as Sunday night football is. We all know that. Sunday night football is the marquee matchup of the weekend. It's what Monday night football used to be. And in some ways, you could kind of understand the lack of enthusiasm from Al Michaels when you're having a call last year, the Colts and the Broncos, or a Chicago Bears game, for instance. But there's another interesting theory as to why Al Michaels will not be calling a playoff game, a wildcard playoff game, in January for NBC Sports. And some people feel that it's none other than the Taylor Swift phenomenon. Now, back on October 12th, there was a Thursday night game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. And that particular morning, in the production meeting that Amazon was having, Al made it a point in that production meeting. He said, look, Taylor Swift is going to be there tonight. Sure, you know, we'll point it out. But in his words, you can't have the sideshow be the show. And we've seen how, unfortunately, over the past three months or so, how the NFL and so many of the media outlets with the NFL, how they have shoved this Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey relationship down our throats. Granted, like I was saying, Al Michaels, he may not be what he was in, say, 1993, for instance, but at the end of the day, I would take the, the word and the advice of, <clears throat> excuse me, of someone that has been in broadcasting for as long as Al Michaels has. So I guess you could say the, this first segment of the show, of the, this hour of the Rob O'Donnell show, it focuses a lot on uncertain futures, I guess you could say. Brandon Staley, Antonio Pierce, Al Michaels, and of course the report that came out Tuesday night about Robert Kraft after the New England Patriots lost in Frankfurt, Germany on November 12th to the Indianapolis Colts 10-6. to how Robert sort of made up his mind right then and there that he and Bill Belichick will be going their separate ways after the 2023 season is over. So we're going to take a quick break here in just a little bit. But when I come back, we're going to dive into a little more of those uncertain futures, whether it's Bill Belichick and whether it is a certain head coach on the other side of the state in Pennsylvania. That's right, talking about Mike Tomlin's uncertain future with the Pittsburgh Steelers amidst undoubtedly the two most embarrassing losses of his career so far. So it is 520 here at WLK. You can't talk about the Raiders without Hell's Bells by ACDC. This is Jake Heller filling in for Rob O'Donnell here on WLK News Radio 525 here at WLK. And joining us on the line is Josh from Blakely. He wants to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Josh, how are we doing tonight? Hey, good, Jake. It's great to hear you on the radio. I uh, I grew up out just outside of Pittsburgh as a as a boy and was a Pittsburgh sports fan of of all of the professional teams. And uh, just uh, three quick comments for you, and they'll hang up, and you can respond if you choose. Um. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been disappointing this season so far, even though it looks like Crosby's going to continue uh, climbing the uh, the the scoring leaderboard. That's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, despite a losing season, were markedly improved from previous years. And I'll be honest, the, 
little bit of time that I had a chance to watch them. They were fun and entertaining. Uh, but the biggest one, which I think you'll agree with, was I was just, uh, I hate to see anybody lose their job, but it was a breath of fresh air when it came across the wire a few weeks ago or whenever it was that Matt Canada got fired. I agree with you 100%, Josh, because the thing that I've talked about often with the Pittsburgh Steelers is I feel like in some ways they're outdated. They're predictable. They're not. Ben Roethlisberger said it on his podcast earlier this week. The Steeler way is dead. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when you think of those teams in the 70s, when you think of the Steel Curtain, when you think of Blitzburg with Bill Cowher, when you think of the late 2000s, early 2010s, they were a team that you did not want to play at any time. And honestly, they don't scare anyone anymore. And Matt Canada, like you were saying, you don't want to see anyone lose their job. But this was a prime example of Mike Tomlin brought him in because he gave Dino Tomlin a scholarship. And no matter how predictable things were, no matter how pathetic that offense looked, the how long he stuck with Matt Canada honestly should have been a fireable offense right then and there, if you ask me. And it may come to that in the future. Time will tell. But yeah. I thank you for taking my call, Jake. Have a great evening. You too, Josh. I appreciate you calling in. And Josh brings up such an interesting point there because, as we've talked about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, predictability is what, I, I guess, how you could define this team over the past three, four, almost five years. It's so predictable. The screen passes, running up the middle. You know, Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren was undrafted. You talk about a diamond in the rough. And you put him in, he runs for 14, 15 yards, makes a big play right then and there. They put Najee Harris back in, and you're lucky to get two or three yards or behind the line of scrimmage or beyond the line of scrimmage, excuse me. And when I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and I look at 7-6, and six, losing to the 2-10 and 10 Arizona Cardinals, losing to the 2-10 and 10 New England Patriots, after we've talked about Bill Belichick, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he will not be with the Patriots again in 2024. What is it going to take for Mike Tomlin's seat to get hot, honestly? If Bill Belichick, who's won six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, eight if you want to count his two when he was defensive coordinator with the New York Giants under Bill Parcells, if the greatest coach in NFL history is going to basically – be out of a job, at least for the time being, why isn't Mike Tomlin's seat getting hot? And that is because the Roonies, Art Rooney specifically, Art Rooney is just so stuck in the 1970s. He is so content with mediocrity anymore. When I heard Robert Kraft a few years ago talk about in 2021, the first time and so far the only time they made the playoffs without Tom Brady ever since he departed for Tampa Bay, Robert said that wasn't good enough. Just making the playoffs and getting blown out by the Buffalo Bills in the wildcard round was not good enough. But Art Rooney, meanwhile, oh, yeah, we made the playoffs. We were 9-7-1. We were just happy to be there. Art, that's not Pittsburgh Steelers football. That's not an answer that your father would give. That's not an answer that your grandfather would give. And with Mike Tomlin, when you listen to these press conferences, the standard is the standard. Popcorn plays, wavy plays, green dots. When it's basically the same garbage that comes out of his mouth over and over and over and over again. 
It's no different than Andy Reid in 2012 with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's no different than Jason Garrett in 2019 with the Dallas Cowboys. It's no different than Mike Zimmer in 2021 with the Minnesota Vikings. The talent is definitely there. But I feel like for the Pittsburgh Steelers to succeed, to not be mediocre, you have to make a coaching change. And if that means trading Mike Tomlin to the Washington Commanders for a couple of first-round picks in 2024, so be it. Whether it's them, the Chicago Bears, the Chargers that we just talked about, you have to make that change because his voice has just gotten so stale in the locker room. And I personally feel like the NFL anymore, it's an offense-dominated league. You heard the old saying, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. But look at the good teams that we're seeing this year. San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs. What do all those teams have in common? Offensive-minded head coaches. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers need. And I would love to see a younger talent like a Bobby Slowick from the Houston Texans. I would love to see him become the head coach. I want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers adapt to the modern-day NFL. And for, in order for them to succeed, I don't feel like it's possible anymore with Mike Tomlin. It's 531 here at WLK. Going to take a quick break. Paul Michaels with the news. Then we will be right back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WLK News Radio. It is 536. Jake Heller filling in for Rob O'Donnell. And you've heard it so many times over the years. The Simpsons predicted the future. The Simpsons predicted the future. Well, we were talking, Rob and I were talking earlier about Eddie Murphy, about Beverly Hills Cop coming out next year on Netflix. I think that we should pay homage to Coming to America. They predicted the future 35 years ago to a Monday Night Football game. The Giants of New York taking on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed kicking and oblong pig skin through a big H. It was the most ripping victory. <laughs> I absolutely love Eddie Murphy. And I think when I, when I look back on that game Monday night, I think what is undoubtedly one of the best stories so far this year in 2023, a season that has been dominated with Taylor Swift, a season where we've lost so many good quarterbacks to season-ending injuries. Aaron Rodgers, not anymore, it sounds like. But when you look at Kirk Cousins, when you look at Anthony Richardson, when you look at the ankle injury that Kenny Pickett suffered a few weeks ago, when you've had a year of backups, when you've had Taylor Swift, when you've had a year of terrible officiating, let's face it, I think without a doubt the best story of the NFL so far this year is Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito... He was the third-string quarterback for the New York Giants when the season began. Daniel Jones, we all know about the massive contract that the Giants gave him. And then, of course, when he tore his ACL November 5th against the Las Vegas Raiders, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, the poor guy, has just had one injury after another in his career. And here came the New York Giants turning to Tommy DeVito, undrafted. He played for the University of Syracuse. He played for Illinois. This kid is still living in New Jersey with his parents. He signed with the New York Giants when one of their division rivals, the Washington Commanders, offered him a hell of a lot more money. He signed with his hometown team so he could stay home. And look at what he's done so far. When you look at he beat the Washington Commanders November 19th, and they've rattled off some incredible wins together. 
the Green Bay Packers. Matt LaFleur had not lost, had not lost the game in the month of December since he became Green Bay's head coach all the way back in 2019. When you also look at, excuse me, when you also look at wins against the Commanders, the Patriots, the only undrafted quarterback that has beaten Bill Belichick. That's right, undrafted. I mean, think of it. You know, Kurt Warner lost to Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Tony Romo, he was undrafted. He was never able to beat Bill Belichick. This truly is one of the best stories, if not the best story, in the NFL this year. Now, as far as the New York Giants are concerned, they're 5-8. and eight. They have to travel to the New Orleans Saints this coming Sunday. As we've talked about, Derek Carr, you can make the argument, individually probably the biggest disappointment this year. As awesome as this is, with the Giants being 5-8, and eight, with all of the injuries that they had, they were 2-8 and eight at one point. 2-8 and eight after they were destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys, 49-17. to 17. They have to go to the New Orleans Saints. They have to go to the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas. New Year's Eve, they're hosting the Los Angeles Rams. That game could really go either way, although Matt Stafford and the Rams are playing some really, really good football right now. But then... Week 18, they have the Philadelphia Eagles once again. So uh, ultimately, I don't see the Giants being able to continue this hot streak. But nevertheless, regardless of what happens with Tommy DeVito, the rest of his career, best story in the NFL in 2023, if you ask me. And honestly, if I'm the New York Giants and if I'm Brian Dable, who, like I've talked about, has done a remarkable job with all of the injuries this year, if I'm Brian Dable, I know they invested so much money in Daniel Jones after a good season in 2022, but it's definitely something to look at. I mean, Tommy DeVito, when they beat Washington on November 19th, I mean, it was, it was one of the best perform. It was even a better performance than I've ever seen out of Daniel Jones to tell you the truth. So definitely an interesting topic to think about moving forward as we inch closer and closer to the NFL playoffs beginning January 13th. 541 here at WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. Jake Heller filling in for Rob O'Donnell here on this Thursday night. We've already talked about so much that is going on in the National Football League, whether it's tonight with the Raiders and the Chargers. Talked a little bit about Al Michaels, Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley. And as I was going to talk about a little while ago, we have a triple header on Saturday on the NFL Network. This is one of my favorite times of the year. On a Saturday, mid to late December, you, you've got a trio of games that have so many playoff implications, whether 1 o'clock, you have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Cincinnati Bengals, 4.30, the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then 8.15, the Detroit Lions hosting the Denver Broncos. There's also been a lot of NFL news over the past couple of days regarding scheduling-wise the future. So the other day it was announced that the Super Bowl in February of 2027 will be granted to Los Angeles. That's actually two years in a row that the Super Bowl will be in the state of California. February of 2026 it will be in Santa Clara where the San Francisco 49ers play. And the San Francisco 49ers themselves more than likely will be in Super Bowl 58, February 11th in Las Vegas. And then in 2025, the Super Bowl will be in New Orleans. But also the other day at the league meetings in Dallas, the NFL announced that in 2024, 
We have the London games. We have the Germany games. Well, next year in 2024, we will have the first ever regular season game in Brazil. Now, the team that is linked to Brazil as far as marketing rights go is the Miami Dolphins. So immediately it makes you wonder who exactly is the NFL going to have for this particular matchup, the first, as I talked about, the first game in Brazil in the city of Sao Paulo. Now, more than likely, as I've said, it will be the Miami Dolphins since they have the marketing rights. Me personally, if I was Roger Goodell, if I was in charge of scheduling, when this schedule comes out in May of 2024, the first ever NFL game in Brazil, if I'm in charge of scheduling, the matchup that I would have would be the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins. You figure San Francisco, Miami, these are two of not only two of the strongest fan bases in the NFL, but also two of the strongest Latina fan bases in the NFL as well. And I feel like that would be an absolute hit marketing-wise and ratings-wise for the National Football League, like we've talked about. I've said it for months and months and months after seeing them dominate the Pittsburgh Steelers on opening day in Pittsburgh 30-7. to The San Francisco 49ers, they truly are the best team in the NFL this year. And when they're healthy, they're unbeatable. And I feel like having them go up against Miami and also the two coaches are sort of intertwined together. Kyle Shanahan, 44th birthday today. He was, Mike McDaniel was a part of his staff on the San Francisco 49ers before Mike took the job with the Dolphins in February of 2022. So you have so many storylines there, whether it would be Brock Purdy to a tongue of Vialoa, think of it. You know, Brock being the very last pick of the 2022 draft, too, would be in the fifth overall pick in 2020. Personally, that is a matchup that I would consider if I'm in charge of scheduling with the National Football League. We, This international phenomenon that we have with the NFL, it's only going to take off from here. We've seen we've had the London game since 2007. The Germany game since last year obviously have been an instant hit. Now you have this, and in 2025, Roger Goodell said there could be as many as Eight international games, possibly one over in Spain, over in Madrid. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. The NFL is without a doubt the most popular, not only the most popular sport in America, but possibly in the world as well. I mean, you see the numbers all the time with the Super Bowl when you have all these different countries that not only tune in, but also go to the game as well. So definitely an interesting time. When I look ahead to... The Saturday triple header, 1 o'clock, the Minnesota Vikings, the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, these are two teams that have been riddled with injuries. Joe Burrow, another quarterback, done for the season with the wrist injury that he suffered. These are two teams that really cannot afford a loss at this point. And think of it, Nick Mullins starting for the Minnesota Vikings. Jake Browning, who was a part of the Minnesota Vikings, now starting for the Cincinnati Bengals. Ultimately, I have to go with the Cincinnati Bengals on this game. When I look ahead to 430, as I've talked about the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, me personally, I just feel like there is way too many problems, way too much drama with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I know TJ Watt's going to play. I know Alex Highsmith is going to play. The two of them suffered concussions last Thursday against the New England Patriots, but Mitch Trubisky is starting, and this is part of the problem that I have with Mike Tomlin. Out of the 34 quarterbacks that took a snap last week in the National Football League, 
out of the 34 quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky was graded 34th. But Mike Tomlin says that he was encouraged with Mitch, that he saw progress. <laughs> what progress? You know that things are bad, and you know things are desperate when you want Mason Rudolph, of all people, to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? This is part of the reason why Mike Tomlin has to go. That, that blind ignorance, no matter how terrible Mitch Trubisky is, he's the backup for a reason. No matter how terrible he is, you're still going to roll with him, a quarterback, and think that you're, you're going to be able to salvage your season? <laughs> Good luck with that, Mike, honestly. I... I've even said it from the start. The Pittsburgh Steelers were overhyped going into this year. Severely overhyped. I did not buy into an ounce of it whatsoever. And you think that you could win games with Mitch Trubisky against the Colts, the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Ravens. Yeah, good luck with that, Mike. It's definitely time for a change. And then 8:15 on NFL Network Saturday night, we have the Detroit Lions and the Denver Broncos. We talked a little bit about the Miami Dolphins, and and the one thing when I think of Miami, when I think of Detroit, and I feel like their records, they're good records, but I feel like Miami has beaten a lot of bad teams this year. And I love Dan Campbell in Detroit, but, I mean, it sort of has that 2022 Minnesota Vikings feel to it right now where they're eking out these close games and then winning games that you think that, or losing games, excuse me, that should definitely be winnable in my mind. And the Denver Broncos, after starting one and five and now being seven and six, and you've seen a resurgence in Russell Wilson. And me personally, if I had a vote right now for coach of the year, it would be Sean Payton. If I had to give a prediction, I mean, it's December 14th, and obviously there's a lot of things that could still happen over the next couple of weeks. Right now, my prediction, as far as the Super Bowl goes, it's not the Kansas City Chiefs representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. It's not the Buffalo Bills. Honestly, right now, it would have to be the Baltimore Ravens. My prediction for the moment, Super Bowl 58, February 11th in Las Vegas, it's going to be a rematch of the 2012 NFL season. The San Francisco 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like this will be a different outcome, though. And I think what's so different about this 49ers team compared to the kind that Kyle Shanahan had, it's the quarterback, honestly. Everyone can talk about, you know, Brock Purdy. He's a system quarterback. He was the very last pick of the draft. With Brock Purdy, I see a quiet confidence in him. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo, in my mind, was a glorified game manager, if you ask me. And with Kyle Shanahan, this is the last true old-school team that likes to pound the rock. You've seen how much of an asset Christian McCaffrey has been to this team and this offense, how much of a difference maker Trent Williams has made, of course, when, when he's in the lineup and when he wasn't earlier this year. I feel like the talent is there on both sides of the ball. So as of right now, my predictions, San Francisco 49ers over the Baltimore Ravens, as far as who those two teams would play in their respective conference championships – I would love nothing more than a rematch of the 1990s, the 49ers and the Cowboys. As far as the Ravens go, as rusty as things look right now, I, I don't, I mean, I want to say the Kansas City Chiefs, but I don't. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, it could be Buffalo, could be Miami. It, it's hard to say because when you look at the NFC, 
there are three really, really stout teams. I mean, two really stout teams, if you ask me, with San Francisco and Dallas. With the AFC, it's more of a mystery, but right now, I feel like Baltimore is the team to beat in the AFC. It's 5.56 here at WLK. Going to take one last break. This is Jake Heller filling in for Rob O'Donnell here on WILK. 5.59 here at WLK. This is Jake Heller filling in for Rob O'Donnell. Going to sign off here in just a second, but I would like to dedicate this show to the memory of my grandmother, Anna Shahusky. Tomorrow would have been her birthday. Her favorite Christmas song and one of my favorite childhood memories, listening to Elvis's Christmas music with her. Thank you to everybody for listening. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Rob. Have a great, great night. I will see you guys on Monday. Take care.